0: spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947.
1: You know flat since I guarantee it, but you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Your
0: emergency broadcast system. Hello, and welcome to the 229th annual Subliminal Obsession podcast, your weekly dose of theory. bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you doing,
1: good buddy? How about yourself?
0: Not doing too bad, surviving and all that in the Seattle-like gray depressing atmosphere we've been living in right now i just want to start off the top of the show so obviously the epstein island list has been released you yep. know quite a few names on there but have you noticed all the lit fucking stephen hawkins memes going around yeah there is a bit of
1: conspiracy that those are actually kind of being forced upon us to take some heat off of the living people. Who are on that list? Ah, so okay. I have heard that one. I've okay. heard that one might be a little something for us to chase around on the old intro web.
0: Okay, now I wanna I'm gonna counterpoint this because I think I sent you that video of like the all them cops at the Miami Mall and people are saying yes. there was aliens there and stuff. Well, people are saying that that is a distraction. To distract us from the Epstein Island celebrity list. So (laughs) what's the issue to that?
1: Yeah, lots of of psyops going on. (laughs) It's so funny because like that video came out and it is obviously there is a huge something going on. Just shit tons of cop cars. They are winding the streets. And then the cops come out and say, oh, you guys are all crazy. It was just a couple of kids fighting at the mall. It's like, wait. You're calling us crazy. You're the <laughs> one sending like 300 cop cars yeah. to the mall. Yeah. Or like a small group of teenagers fighting. I will say though, I watched that video and the, the little reveal at the end, uh, whatever it was supposed to be does kind of look like maybe early 2000s level of uh, video editing kind of Photoshop yeah. deal there. It is kind of just a, a
0: blurry movement sort of situation. So well, see my first thought okay so obviously the the cop cars are pretty crystal clear and then you go to the alien being and yeah it looks like a 1987 cgi thing (laughs) and um (laughs) then i was thinking about i'm like well what could this really be my one of my initial thoughts was maybe there was some sort of terroristic act or something that i mean but then again, why would they keep that a secret? Like they almost every other crazy ass shooting or whatever almost never keeps a secret. So why that one in particular was so secretive? I don't know. It's just strange. Yeah, they might have thought or been told that it was a much
1: larger of a fight, or that the the kids there had guns potentially, and it's just kind of like a calling all cars situation. But yeah, I definitely, (laughs) I really did enjoy how the video kind of made you sit there and watch as it panned all of those cop cars and then finally came onto the steps and it was just kind of like a shadowy kind of moving thing. It would have been funny if
0: it was like Mr. Peanut dancing (laughs) like
1: with his top hat and cane.
0: (laughs) Now, I think the other kind of big thing that's been going around this week, now I don't know how true this is, but there's a lot of talk about all these super rich people building bunkers. How do you you feel about that? I feel
1: like they've always been building some sort of either like a getaway kind of place or bunkers. I mean, if you fucked over that many people, you would be a little (laughs) little bit, you know, a little wary of your fellow man as well. Uh, From what I've heard, a lot of them have these bunkers as kind of like a flex. Oh, okay. I'm not too sure. It seems like they're all just like trying to get the biggest yacht, you know, the biggest mansion, maybe like the the best island bunker type situation, like the Zuckerberg or, uh <laughs> vault The he supposedly owns like an island in Hawaii that has this like huge vault that goes underground. So,
0: I mean, honestly, I guess if I was rich, I might want a bunker too, just because they're kind of cool. But yeah, I guess, you know, they, they hear the bunkers and then you got... They know some attacks coming, uh, the wars are really going to start kicking off, uh, there's a solar flare that's going to hit the earth, like, stuff like that. Yeah, it's actually,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, today's uh, episode might have a little bit something to do
0: with that. Oh, so. okay, well, I yeah. guess uh, <laughs> I accidentally, I would have no idea what this episode's about right now, guys, by the way, um, so that was completely accidental.
1: Alright, well Cody, on today's episode of Subliminal Deception, we are going to discuss a frightening possibility for ours, or perhaps future generations, that being the long good night, An end to modern society as we know it, when all the little technological niceties that we've come to expect in our day-to-day lives suddenly end, with the gears of communication, economics, and travel coming to a grinding halt. This utter and total collapse that I speak of would come from undoubtedly the most important ally humankind has ever known. When that life-giving burning ball at the center of our solar system turns on us and that same light and heat disrupts and destroys the very lives of the human beings on our planet in unimaginable ways, perhaps even ending human civilization as we know it.
0: Okay, so yes, uh, (laughs) I guess we were kind of alluding to what this is going to be about. And honestly, I will say this would be one of my greatest fears.
1: Oh, definitely. Before, so I, like everyone else, probably has seen some of the articles and some of the little reels about like the solar activity and the solar flares kind of starting around August. I was reading and kind of got into what can happen if one of these flares hits us point blank and definitely wanted to make an episode about that. So yeah, we can talk a little bit about it right now. Uh, Some of the stuff that you've read before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode.
0: Well, um, obviously I think I'll wait for that part, but what I will say is it seems like with the fear of a solar flare, There is a lot of different outcomes that can happen from said solar flare. And the other thing, I don't know if you noticed this while you were doing these episodes, but like scientific sites, right? They love the doomsday scenarios. They'll have like the fact and then just a, you know, short textbook about how it's going to kill us all. How do you think I put this baby together? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) there's no no one
1: loves doom and destruction more than like science uh websites the weather channel and the history channel Oh that's my their god. bread and butter the whole fucking shit. <laughs> the
0: fucking weather channel is the worst good god they love
1: a good fucking hurricane yeah.
0: oh uh, my god any, anytime
1: the wind kicks up they're always right fucking there but <sighs> yeah so one of the big worries i will say this before we get into the episode this is kind of a little bit of the conspiracy we'll just jump into it right now. The conspiracy is that the the next election kind of doomsday scenario that they're gonna kind of try to drop on us is like a fake solar flare or a fake oh. geomagnetic storm kind of situation where they kind of you know blink the lights on and off at us a little bit and then tell us it's a huge solar storm something to kind of make the rats scurry a little bit. <laughs>
0: So that's your prediction for the 2024 election.
1: Well, no, that's just conspiracy. kind of what people are talking about. It's okay. the next. It's the next kind of false flag, kind of like COVID. So it'll be like it'll be the 2024 COVID is sort of gotcha. you know, that situation.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. It seems like anything involving Donald Trump, this is kind of like the the present that comes <laughs> with him is the conspiracy. <laughs> something always has to be a, aloof. Uh, ...type of belief system.
1: Yeah, fuckery afoot. Yes. That sort of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Now, to start off today's episode, we will discuss a rare and extraordinary event that occurred just over 150 years ago, when, on September 1st, 1859, an amateur astronomer, Richard Carrington, while peering through his own personal telescope on a clear day on his estate in the town of Redhill, just outside of London, England, would notice something very strange while peering at the sun. He was sketching some dark speckles on the sun's surface when he noticed two bright arcs of white light coming off of the surface of the sun. They would disappear about five minutes afterwards into the abyss of space. This event would actually be named for Richard, becoming known as the Carrington Event, as, hours after his discovery, the true light show would begin.
0: Okay, interesting. I'm just, I don't know the answer to this. I don't even know if you do, but this man in 1859 was staring directly at the sun through a telescope. Did that did that not hurt his eyes at all?
1: <laughs> so I'm guessing that he had some sort of um, shading or kind of like, like a, maybe like a polarized lens or something like that. Yeah. I kind of thought the same thing. <laughs> Obviously, he wasn't looking through a telescope staring at the sun, you know, point blank. So I imagine he had to have had some shutters
0: down or something. He's probably looking at it in his telescope. He's like, why are these black and white demons all over my eyes now? <laughs> Every time I blink.
1: <laughs> all he ever sees is spots. He just he didn't even see sunspots. He just all he sees is
0: spots now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh man, those things suck. Fuck the, I guess it's called a um, an eye sunburn or something when you see those dots, you know, from staring at a light too long. Oh, when you yeah,
1: so it's the uh, the same trick where you the ghost image, yeah, you stare at uh, the ghost image, and then you're supposed for like thirty seconds, then you're supposed to look at the wall. And that image is kind of, like, burned into your retina yeah. for, like, temporarily. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny, actually, real quick before we continue on here. So my, my bathroom downstairs has... I should have known better than to get these bright of lights, but they're the ones where they mm-hmm. have, like, three prongs that kind of light up on them. Yeah. And when it, if I fall asleep on the couch and it's nighttime and I get up to go piss in there or whatever and i turn that light on it like burns that image in my eyes when i'm trying to return back to bed afterwards
1: (laughs) as you're pissing you go turn on the lights and you just fucking spray
0: yeah yeah (laughs) that's like a fucking sitcom yeah dude i uh (laughs) it gets you when it's dark and you go right in that room and flip them fucking lights on
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I always, whenever I move into an apartment, I always change like some of the lights in my bathroom and bedroom. I always change out those bright ass led that they put in for poor people. And I always like put softer lights in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So, there's a blind, <laughs> so I don't yeah.
1: fucking burn out my retinas when I turn <laughs> the shit on. Now, those dark freckles that Carrington had observed and sketched on the surface of the sun had turned out to be sunspots quite a large cluster of them and those strange arcs of light that he had observed through his telescope would turn out to be a massive solar flare Uh, carrington would in fact become the first human ever to witness a solar flare as it erupted from the sun this solar flare actually resulted in in a mass coronal ejection which was aimed straight into the path of the earth the coronal ejection which contained large amounts of charged particles and gases, happened to be coming straight towards the Earth and had the power of 10 billion atomic bombs contained within it.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That um, (laughs) 10 billion (laughs) atomic bombs. Jesus, the United States government doesn't even have that many.
1: Yeah, obviously it didn't hit the earth all at once or else it would have, you know, had a little bit
0: Yeah. You know, we
1: wouldn't uh, <laughs> we wouldn't be too cozy down here right now if that was true. But yeah, but- the whole apparently this whole storm contained that much energy.
0: Wow. That's crazy. I can't even imagine that much like the force of that. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Basically just a blanket of, you know, fire in the sky kind of situation like almost like the earth just went through a whole sheet of these charged particles
0: oppenheimer would have had the biggest boner you've ever seen if he saw that (laughs) coming buckets and feeling really bad about it but still coming
1: them buckets yeah
0: every girl every (laughs) every girl in uh new york was pregnant at the same time (laughs)
1: Oppenheimer did spend a lot of that movie blasting smart chicks. Yes, (laughs) yes, he did. Had no idea. (laughs) Now that solar flare after striking the Earth's magnetic field would create a huge geomagnetic storm that caused quite the light show uh, up in the skies on the northern and southern hemispheres. But for many, this was ever the first time them actually being able to see the northern and southern lights as both poles were actually affected. On the morning of September 2nd, there were reported red lights in the sky bright enough to read a newspaper by, even mistaking some early rising workers that it was sunrise with the extraordinary red lights coming out of the east, just like the sun, waking them up having them get up and make their coffee and eggs, not realizing that it was actually just after midnight. The Aurora borealis that morning would reach as far south as Jamaica and Cuba in the Western Hemisphere, thousands of miles further away from the poles than usual, reaching nearly to the equator.
0: That's crazy. Um, I remember it was probably... Fuck, what, like a month or two ago, the uh, Aurora borealis was supposed to be visible, like, here... Uh, and everybody was going out to watch it or whatever. But guess what? Fucking cloud cover <laughs> constantly. <laughs> so you had to be like in the perfect spot where you could see a little bit of it. Where you happen to have clear skies that yeah, day. Yeah, it was kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it, it's cool. Um, I don't really know what causes it, but it, uh, it looks pretty.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of how how our magnetic field you know, takes on these like charged particles from the sun and all of that. It's kind of, I, I don't really tr- truly understand it myself. I've, I've been reading up on these solar flares, but Earth's magnetic field takes care of a lot of that radiation for us. And it kind of spreads around the magnetic field and makes that like brilliant light show up okay. on the, you know, the Northern and Southern poles.
0: So after this event you're talking about, um, I think if I saw that I'd be kind of fucking freaked out.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Tunguskin comet or meteor that um, exploded above the Earth's surface out in, like, Siberia.
0: Yeah, 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 yep, yep.
1: Apparently, in, like, as far away as England, it was so bright out that you could read a newspaper by it. I guess that's the old-timey way of saying that something was very bright at night.
0: (laughs) I could read my newspaper. That's how bright it was.
1: Yeah, you always kind of read that, like hear about that. But yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that as far south as Cuba and Jamaica, considering those are, you know, those islands are down close to the equator.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a long way to see it. Yeah, I will say. So
1: the only time I've ever seen the northern lights like really well was when I was in Iceland. I do remember seeing like a little bit of them. While I was living in England, but not very well. It was uh, pretty dim. But yeah, up in Iceland was pretty good. I uh, I don't know. So you said that we could actually see them this year
0: in Minnesota? Well, the Borales. I mean, you can see the... I'm pretty sure you can see the Northern Lights every year at a certain time. Just it depends how vibrant they will be. One of the times I remember seeing them, I was coming back home from my parents and i'll never forget it it was like the weirdest bright green lines in the sky all the way from iowa to where i lived in minnesota and it was just i don't it was just weird to see it so bright i've never seen it like that before but that was years ago yeah it turns
1: out there was a packers game they were all having chili and brats and (laughs) the gas coming out a lot of (laughs) methane gas exploding definitely now however that fantastical lights display was not the only effect from this geomagnetic storm, as telegraph operators across the country reported odd malfunctions with their equipment, ranging from melted circuit boards and metal connectors to equipment fires resulting from electricity igniting the paper that they were using to write down their coded messages. One operator in Boston, whose telegraph equipment was found to be inoperable upon checking into his office that morning, found that after he disconnected the batteries to his station, he was actually able to send messages for short bursts at times due just to the stored energy being collected and stored in the telegraph lines. Uh, he was able to send a message all the way to Portland, Maine once every minute or so. Wow. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like a cool little part, like the antidote of this. Uh, there's also some scarier things too.
0: <laughs> so okay, let's say this happens, right? And you got your phone next to you. Um, mm-hmm. Would it start charging it? Ooh,
1: I don't know. You would have to be. It would probably burn <laughs> it out before it started charging. Yeah. It. I can, mean, unless it was one of those. Cause you know how you have like the phones that you can put on those pads? Yeah, the wireless
0: it? ones. Yeah. Maybe uh ooh,
1: I don't know. So you could probably honestly actually maybe if you unplug that charger and you put it on there, it might still charge a little bit from the energy.
0: Okay. I uh yeah, you don't use a wireless charger? No, I
1: uh I enjoy the cheap shitty phones, actually. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I get what's known as the
0: store brand of phone. I guarantee yours can charge wirelessly.
1: Probably. It's got it's it's got all the 5G and everything. So it, uh, I imagine it could.
0: The wireless charging just helps um, from your battery from burning out quite as fast. Oh, okay. Because it like yeah, slow I charges. that like
1: six months ago. <laughs> Mine's already starting to... Yeah. <laughs> it does, the, the charge doesn't last all day anymore. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Next phone, get a wireless charger. It'll help your battery life. It takes a lot longer to charge, but it, uh, it will help.
1: Yeah. Probably. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm cheap, though. so <laughs> I never spend too much money on that ship. Now, all of these disruptions occurred because the copper lines that connected these stations together had acted as the perfect accumulator for the massive amounts of electrical energy in the atmosphere after the solar flare had impacted the Earth's magnetic field those telegraph lines would become host to an in- inconceivable amount of energy for the operators at the time. Sands, maybe a lightning bolt hitting the lines.
0: Okay, um, I was wondering, would this mean all the crack slash meth heads would have been electrocuted um, with all the copper lines in their hands? Oh, <laughs> potentially.
1: All of the <laughs> copper pipes that they had uh, stolen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least they're... Uh, their frizzled
0: hair and beards would stand on it. <laughs> I imagine. And you imagine I'm just stealing <laughs> copper lines and just getting fucking electrocuted. <laughs> that would be pretty funny though. <laughs> Nowadays, probably, uh,
1: well, obviously all of the electronics, you know, might not work very well, but, uh, there would probably be a video caught of a couple of meth heads, you know, carrying in those copper pipes, getting zapped. I imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: It would be kind of funny if, like, you're at a mall and this happens and all the kids' phones just blow up instantly and they just cannot text each other or take selfies anymore. <laughs> that would be kind of, kind of hilarious. Yeah, I imagine there would be a lot of kids uh,
1: jumping off that, <laughs> those big <laughs> promenades at the mall. Well, kids don't go to the mall anymore. What am I saying? But... <laughs> that is true. Now. These telegraph operators at the time were used to very small, localized disruptions, mostly due to thunderstorms or stronger-than-usual northern lights, depending on their location. However, malfunctions on this level spread throughout the country, and they were inconceivable at the time, with the technology still being very young. There was also a lack of understanding and an ability of just how much current was traveling through the wires at that time. One of these telegraph operators, Frederick Royce, in Washington, D.C., had accidentally brushed his head against a wire that was leading to ground hanging from his office. A witness had claimed that an arc of electricity shot out of his forehead to a nearby telegraph a- equipment, giving him a very severe shock.
0: Yeah, you're going to want to watch where your head's touching. I'm just going to say <laughs> this, Frederick. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially it, on this day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you, you mentioned he, he lived, right. Um, but yep. wow. Turning into a human firework. Kind of cool.
1: <laughs> I will say it was kind of funny. Um, my older brother, he wanted to change a channel on the TV and the remote had a little charger that we had to keep up like on the TV. So it could connect to the, um, to the cable box. He got up and reached for the remote, and I swear he was at least maybe five or six inches his hand was away from the remote, and static electricity arced from the remote to his hand. It was <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Now thinking about it though, it might have been the charger.
0: Yeah, it could have been. Um <laughs> That it, it was
1: dark in that room and it just lit the whole fucking place up. It was pretty funny. I was
0: gonna say this it's not quite as dramatic as that, but I, I'll never forget. When I was living at that old house, I was in the basement and one of the kitties came, uh, you know, to get pet or whatever. And I reached my hand out to touch it. And there was like a little arc from my finger to that cat's nose. And it like flashed the room, uh, like flashed light in there. And then the cat, of course, took off full speed. But um, I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Which cat was it? I was Lois. Oh, okay. I thought it might have been Stinkfoot. No, no, not Stinkfoot. A uh, little <laughs> bastard would have deserved it, too. I swear that uh, that little gray cat has, like, the most static electricity of any cat I've ever pet in my life. Oh, okay. Is it one of
1: the the furry ones? The, the Well, left-off. it
0: has, like, short, thick hair, so I don't know if that's yeah. why, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I arced the shit out of that cat's nose. I felt bad, but... I was in amazement that the light, the room lit up, kind of like you said, you, it happened to your brother.
1: Yeah, it was pretty funny. It's uh, it is kind of a pain in the ass when that happens. I always do worry about. I don't know why. I have a I have a weird little thing about light, like light switches. Sometimes worrying about uh, getting shocked by those, even though it's never happened. I always kind of have a little thing about it.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a possibility. You know what? I I get shocked a lot, um, <clears throat> like during the winter here, and. Mm. I don't know. It became a habit where I almost like ground myself with like a different part of my body before I touch something. It seems to get rid of the shock.
1: Oh, yeah. You can. Um, so if you touch the wall before you touch like a metal door, uh, you won't get shocked. Yeah. I did notice that. Yep. Yeah. The, the good thing about living in Arizona is we don't have a lot of it. So lucky you. I hate it. Now, like I mentioned before, all of the technical issues that occurred during the late summer of 1859 happened because of the recently installed miles of copper wire that had been either strung up on poles or laid underground had acted as a massive receiver for all of that increased electric magnetic activity. However, the amount of wire that existed in 1859, of course, pales in comparison to the vast and complex interconnected system of metal cables that span the Earth today.
0: Yeah, this is what I'm starting to wonder. Um, Like, <laughs> this is where my brain's going. I'm sure you're going to get into that. If this happened then, what is it yep. going to look like today?
1: Oh, pretty fucking crazy. If, uh, if a Carrington-level event happened today, I'm going to get into it in a little bit here. But imagine, so back then, you kind of watch you watch old westerns or, you know, you watch movies like that. And maybe they have a telegraph line with, like, one or two cables leading to another station. Maybe if it's kind of in a central location, they'll have cables kind of going out in a lot of different directions. So that, back then, is what kind of gathered up all that energy and, and caused that kind of disruption to the telegraph operators. Imagine now there's wires everywhere they're under our feet above our heads in the wall yeah i mean you can't get away from it especially if you live in a city
0: yeah i mean the only people who probably wouldn't even notice this happened is is like certain towns in iowa that might not have electricity (laughs) anyway but um (laughs) actually you know what jokes aside i wonder if the amish would even notice
1: i was thinking about the amish in uh in uh southern minnesota there And they probably would notice the pretty northern lights. They would assume it's the devil, of course. Yeah. But the funny thing is, while everyone else, while all of the English, their lives are being ruined, they would just walk outside and be like, oh, pretty lights. And then just (laughs) (laughs) go inside and have fucking boring missionary sex, I'm guessing.
0: Um, If you're talking about the Amish in southern Minnesota, they probably would notice because the lights in the bar would probably go out that they were hanging out in. So... They, oh, that's true. They do yeah. go love to go to the small town bars and hang out. In Harmony? Yep, in Harmony, <laughs> yes they do. The town's called Harmony, yeah. not
1: Harmony with the Amish. We don't have Harmony with the Amish. No, no. Those fuckers need to learn how to use the road. <laughs> now, before I go any further, I should say that uh, what I am about to tell you is all just a worst case scenario. Uh, the kind of solar flare that would have to hit the Earth to cause the event that I'm going to explain to happen would have to basically line up perfectly to where the solar flare and the Earth's kind of magnetic field are joined by that huge blanket of charged particles. There has actually, I should mention too, been a push in recent years to try to shield our electronic grid from this type of catastrophic failure that I'm about to talk about. Though, as we all know, our government not really love to spend money on infrastructure.
0: No, so, no, they do don't not. think it's coming. <laughs> this, this was kind of the other thing I was curious about if they have had some form of protection of some kind uh, to protect against stuff like this. But I think you just answered that question.
1: Yeah, they do actually. So I'll, I'll mention at the end of the episode. Um, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit right now. They actually do have a, a system of ai that they're working on that kind of watches the sun watches for solar flares kind of maps and projects like if there's a large so solar flares come from kind of a large cluster of sunspots it kind of detects when these sunspots form and if it's having a coronal mass ejection and if it's going to hit the earth it'll give us like more time than if you know regular computers were just kind of like watching on satellites. Yeah. That okay. sort of thing. Okay. So. I
0: gotcha. Um, I gotcha. I, it's, yeah, it's funny because I think it was literally today. There was a video talking about, there's like a large ginormous sunspot on the sun right now or something. Again, could be bullshit because it is the internet, but <laughs> they were talking about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So later on, I'll also talk about kind of like what's happening right now uh okay. with our son okay. and kind of like the cycle that we're in too. So, there is quite a there's quite a bit of activity that's coming in the next year.
0: Okay. So, all right, I can't wait to uh get freaked out. Yep. Yeah. But like I mentioned
1: before, this is all speculation. This is kind of it's never really happened. Uh we've kind of really been lucky when it comes to these type of events. So, you don't really know what would happen, but kind of knowing how equipment works, all that stuff, how power connections and all that this is kind of the what might happen. So grain of salt here. Okay. Okay. Power, phone, cable and internet lines spread throughout the earth, grow larger and larger by the day. Our world today is a tightly packed spider web of connected cable. That is, if we had suffered the levels of solar storm that had occurred in summer of eighteen fifty-nine, it would cause massive disruptions to our very way of life, sending human civilization Perhaps, possibly, back to the Stone Age until mass infrastructure repairs
0: can be made, if
1: they're ever made.
0: You know what um, I would feel the be- the worst for? Some man or lady is enjoying a nice video on Pornhub.com. Um, they're ah. just about to finish, and then the power goes out, and the video goes off, and they are forever <laughs> in misery because they could not complete their task. No, um... I think, I don't know about you, but let's just say hypothetically this happens, right? Like uh, more or less a big ass EMP blast knocks out all the power and everything. Yeah. Unless they have a way to fix it like extremely fast, people are going to go back into like primal mode where they are scrounging, surviving. They will do whatever they can to survive and it will be a fucking nightmare.
1: Yeah. So kind of your image of, you know, the lights going out is always like, oh, they'll come back on, you know, even if it's just uh, just kind of a big storm and the lights go out. Oh, in a few hours, they'll have it fixed. What happens if it's so bad that basically like your toaster starts on
0: fire, (laughs) your TV explodes? That sort of situation. I'm going to tell you what, that's kind of what we're talking about today. I'm going to tell you what, if that happens, I'm not going into work that day. I promise you that. <laughs> Guaranteed.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the kind of situation you just imagine, kind of like you said to the guy on Pornhub. I imagine, you know, the uh, the fat bearded man in his mother's basement playing his video games and all of a sudden his computer tower just fucking like lights up, starts on fire and he just ends up fucking killing himself. Like, oh. Okay. <laughs> there it is, the only good thing. That took a dark turn. A <laughs> Little bit, yeah. <laughs> Alright, but getting back to something more serious. Now, around the world, relays and connectors to those massive power lines in the sky would blow. Or worse, possibly fuse together. This would send massive amounts of energy into homes and businesses, destroying all of the electronics causing damage, not to mention all of the fires. Also, too, electronics still plugged in could arc towards anyone standing near them, just like the man uh, standing at his telegraph station. Communication networks would face catastrophic failures as well, These systems could be down for months, if not years, and cost potentially trillions of dollars to repair the damaged and destroyed infrastructure, not to mention any communication and GPS satellites that may be affected out in space by those geomagnetic storms.
0: I just envisioned, you know, the country man um, being like, hey, this happens. And then he's like, try starting your electric car now, liberal. And then he realizes that his, you know, brand new F-250 also will not start because the battery is blown in it.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it would affect batteries. Um, so obviously the car isn't, you know, if, you're, if your Tesla was plugged in, then yeah, it's probably going to fucking blow out that $30,000 battery but if you just had your car kind of freestanding out in the open I don't really know how much of the energy it would collect uh when you tried to start it maybe it would blow but I think it would be okay okay there's a
0: lot of wires in there
1: yeah of course you're gonna have a hard time buying gas for it uh when the entire world market shuts down yeah so
0: yeah but at least you can rev it outside your neighbor's house and uh And show off that your car works. But I don't know. I envision that something it probably would affect cars. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, I'd kind of be scared to get in there and try to start it if (laughs) this was going on.
1: (laughs) At least until this is all over. Yeah. Uh, You might be lucky enough. if Honestly, if this happens in the future and you're one of the whole... Who doesn't get the electric car, (laughs) you might be the only one who can drive around.
0: Well, like the only cars that didn't have... A lot of electronics were, what, the cars in the 50s, 60s? Um, Like, not many people have those still.
1: Yeah, classic cars. For, I think that's, I don't really know. So, an EMP, I don't know if, uh, like, a a big geostorm like this would cause, like, an EMP, like you're thinking about. Okay. Uh, Maybe if enough of those transformers blow anyone who's seen the movie small soldiers know (laughs) that when you blow one of those transformers there's an emp maybe if all those transformers blow at once there would be a huge emp but i'm not sure about uh just regular electronics in cars being affected
0: i've just thought about another byproduct probably half of if not more of the uh, bird and squirrel populations would be wiped out pretty quick too because they love to hang out on them power lines.
1: Yeah, that is true. I do think that there is... So, because they're not touching two of them and they're not grounded, I think that's why they're okay. I really don't know if <laughs> more energy running through the lines would, you know, Fry cause them. them to arc out. Okay, but Possibly.
0: So maybe the birds will be the only one left alive then. Potentially, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs>
1: the damn birds would still be waking you up even though your alarm clock hasn't worked in weeks they'd still be waking your ass up (laughs) now thinking about more than just the direct destruction caused by these surges of electricity the long-term effects of turning the lights out on civilization for an extended period of time would be catastrophic in its own right as our world is highly connected in ways that we really don't even think about now first off Every aspect of our civilization runs on, like I mentioned, electricity. And a powerful solar flare would overload all of those components that electricity flows through. Blowing up transistors, substations, any other electrical infrastructure connected to the grid. Making the delivery of water, natural gas, anything that humankind kind of depends on for heat and life itself, would completely shut down. Also... Two, refrigeration systems that we depend on to preserve tons of frozen foods and easily perishable foods would shut down, causing all of that food to rot. After the first few weeks, starvation would be a major threat.
0: Yeah, and I think that is what one of the main factors would be (laughs) for people going fucking crazy.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's <laughs> also, too, one thing that we didn't have back then is nuclear power stations. So you need like obviously the nuclear energy it's created from there, but you need nu- you need energy to kind of lift and submerge those nuclear power rods. What happens if all of that shit blows up and you just have exposed nuclear power rods fucking you know, heating up?
0: would never be submerged would we have
1: worldwide Fukushima's? i don't know about ooh, um not worldwide but definitely in the countries that have nuclear uh reactors you might have situations like that who knows there might be fail safes for and also to those power stations i'm going to mention um there there are ways to shield all of the connectors and transistors there's ways to shield the grid from this happening so maybe inside of those power plants they have backups and shielded components so i will hope so yeah (laughs) but in the old soviet union who knows you know who knows about those uh (laughs) 40 year old russian uh, power plants very true yeah second Every aspect of our economy is now digital, happening mainly over the internet. Uh, Even the withdrawal of physical currency from banks and ATMs depend on telecommunication lines. Basically, when all of that goes out, we won't be able to take any money out, even if fiat currency is worth anything at all after the world market crashes as a result of the fallout. Uh, possibly though there might be like a barter system that comes into place to take care of the interpersonal trading Really this would have to be kind of set up locally kind of like from person to person for goods between mostly the survivors uh, all of those people who got you know screwed over by the late night uh, <laughs> gold coin people would be very happy about
0: that. all the crypto boys are gonna be real sad if this happens. Oh, definitely. They're still going to
1: talk good about crypto, <laughs>
0: claiming that it's worth even more now. So. <laughs> it's like, don't worry. When the power comes on, guys, I'm like a, a trillionaire, okay? My crypto is going to be there still safe. Yeah, I guess maybe the meth heads might be the richest people on the planet because they got all the the copper uh, that's going to be worth even more money. <laughs> potentially.
1: Yeah. They they are going to be the best at living in the postmodern world. So, you know, after the breakdown.
0: Yeah, the I the homeless
1: people, they they are already doing
0: it, you know. How many days do you think before gangs and tribes of people start to form?
1: Ooh, that is a good question. It depends on the hopelessness. You know, uh, in the first couple of days afterwards, people might think that the lights are going to eventually turn back on. Once people realize that the lights aren't going to just kind of, you know, pop back on, I think it's going to take days, if not weeks. But once that happens, it's definitely going to be like there's a thought that there could be a civil war happening, like localized civil wars around the country that. Like, news doesn't even come out about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, I mean... If an event like this happens.
0: Here's the other thing. All the power's out and communication's out. Like, how are you going to get updates on (laughs) if they're going to fix it or not? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you have to remember, too,
1: all of those systems of repairing the infrastructure... Depend on like communications, depend on people being able to speak to each other over long distances. That's all going to break down. So even if you do fix the transformers in your area, still no power is coming through. You know, it's it's a whole system. Basically, you would have to start like at the power plants, fix them like spread out throughout there. And it remember, too, it's taken us over a century to build this grid.
0: Yeah, very true. That is a that is a very, very true. Now, if
1: you mentioned it before a little bit, uh, the final aspect I will mention is the total breakdown of society as a whole with the shutdown of government oversights on all levels, you know, instantly humankind will, of course, be free to revert to their base instincts with survival of the fittest becoming order of the day. Something more akin to modern-day Pittsburgh being the most likely outcome, a desolate wasteland of despair and lawlessness.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, North Pittsburgh. North uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay, be very specific about it. Yeah, this is, I think, obviously the solar flare is going to be scary, but your fellow man in a desperate, hopeless survival mindset is going to be even scarier. Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah. Just like any good zombie movie you've ever seen. It's never the zombies that are the worst enemy. It's always other survivors. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. the ones you have to really be afraid.
0: Of. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred. If you ever seen the movie The Road, um, that's one of the most horrible movies I've ever watched. But uh, yeah, that's probably what it would look like after, you know, maybe that's years if after this happened, they didn't fix anything, but uh
1: very hopeless. Do you mean it's a good movie that has horrible scenes or it's a horrible movie?
0: It's a good movie you... that has horrible scenes. OK, yeah, because I've heard you use them <laughs> interchangeably. So, yeah, no, it's a pretty good movie, but it is very bleak. Mm, gotcha. OK, that's where I thought you were going with that now. Luckily for
1: us, as I've mentioned before, these massive solar events are extremely rare. Even rarer still is the possibility that one of these massive solar flares actually collides with Earth in its path. Uh, there was one such near miss. It happened in July of 2012. This was when a massive solar flare on the level even greater than the Carrington event in eighteen fifty nine, erupted out of the sun and just barely missed striking the Earth's magnetic field when the Earth passed by.
0: Okay, this is interesting because of the year you said. Yep. That's the first thing I noticed there. Um I didn't even know this happened.
1: Yeah, so it didn't get I was reading about it and they were talking about too how it really didn't get covered that much, how like big of a near miss this was and two like i mentioned july of 2012 uh what was really big in i believe it was like may
0: 2012 yeah Mayan
1: calendar and everyone thought the end of the world was gonna happen for
0: the mayan calendar yeah 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 it's uh (laughs) i remember this there was movies there was fucking everything yep there would have been perfect
1: timing for the maya calendar thing everyone's like oh nothing happened and then imagine this happening <laughs> just a, like a month and a half later yeah so there was a big fucking uh destruction there
0: well the day everyone predicted was twelve twenty one two thousand twelve I'm pretty sure was it twelve twenty
1: one what happened in may uh,
0: I don't know
1: oh no that was that was when uh the church there was oh, all those crazy yeah, uh, yeah, religious yeah. people putting up the billboards it wasn't may was yeah. it
0: Mm, okay, <laughs> there was a lot of doomsday predictions that year, and I yep. mean a lot. I think people just leaned on the twelve twenty one twelve because you know obviously it's the same number repeating,
1: yep, but that mm-hmm. is okay, so it's a little bit a little bit earlier than uh the twelve twenty one twelve, but still in the same year, yeah, so I'm yeah. still connecting it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now that we got all the fun stuff out of the way, it's uh it's time for a little bit of sciency stuff as we kind of talk about like how these solar spots and the solar cycles kind of affect earth and kind of what we can expect in the near future.
0: All right, let's hear about the scary
1: sciency shit then. All right. Now, the amount of sunspot activity that our sun has is not really constant. It goes through cycles of increased and decreased activity at a very predictable rate. It all happens in 11-year cycles. The previous solar cycle was the 24th observed, and it ended in 2019. Uh, It was actually the fourth lowest amount of sunspots since the beginning of human observations of sunspots occurred in 1775. It was also the smallest amount of activity in the last century. So basically ending in 2019, that cycle, we got like very lucky with that.
0: Okay. So could that be the cause for COVID? potentially.
1: <laughs> yes. Yep. There just wasn't enough sunspots to
0: uh <laughs> to fight off to the virus. The in the air. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guess.
1: No, definitely. Yeah. Now the current cycle that we're in, 25, is actually going to peak in the years 2024 and 2025. This is what's known as a solar maximum, although it appears that we have lucked out once again as uh, cycle 25 is, though expected to be slightly higher than, 20, than cycle 24, it's expected to be pretty similar, kind of in the lull, compared to the last 200 years of what scientists have been observing. Now, this doesn't mean that we're completely out of the woods, though. I did mention that July 2012 event, that happened during the solar maximum of the 24th cycle uh which I mentioned was a, a low point through history. So we're not really, you know, we're not really safe, even if there are less sunspots.
0: So based off your picture here, um yep. it's very ebb and flowy, right? So yes. it looks to me like nineteen ninety maybe <laughs> I don't know, two was the highest, right? That I can see on here. Um and then two thousand one was pretty high as well. But uh, the years we're going into, they aren't nearly as high as they were, you know, 20 years ago.
1: Yes. So this is in very recent history. This is the last three cycles. We're looking, uh, the picture we're looking at is cycle 22, 23, and 24, and the projection for 25. If you go down a little bit lower, scroll down a bit. Yeah. So... The years that we are in right now are on the far right. You see how low they are compared to like 1950?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So those are like high, high max. We're in a, like what I, when I mentioned like the lull, that's where we are right now. About a third as much as they were during some of the, like the higher events. Also too, that Carrington event that I mentioned happened during another kind of lull that happened during the 19th century. So a big Carrington event, even though there was reduced activity, there was a solar flare that happened to hit the earth. And even though we were in a low, we got hit pretty hard. So
0: it's kind of interesting because on this graph, I mean, I'm assuming this is because the data wasn't, you know, great, but the Marauder medium is extremely low compared to everything else. Um, Do you know what I mean? So go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I was going to mention this a little bit uh, while we discuss, but we'll just discuss it right now. So the first kind of observations of the sun through telescopes, like I mentioned, happened in the 18th century. That's why we're on the 25th 25th cycle right now. It's because that's how many cycles there have been since observation began. Everything before that, uh, they're actually able to look at tree rings and Arctic ice. Um, samples and see elevated amounts of carbon 14 apparently when these solar flares hit the magnetics you know when they hit the atmosphere a lot of carbon 14 rains down on the earth so we're actually able to see when there's a big kind of event because of the increased amount of carbon 14 which we'll mention in a little bit
0: huh interesting okay yep. um yeah i guess you well what what the date was eighteen seventy or eighteen fifty nine right yes of the Carrington event and it happened during the tenth solar cycle according to this graph we're pretty close to well I guess we're a little lower than it was when that happened now this is like the number of sunspots is this per year like the how many they see yes this okay. is the
1: recorded amount of sunspots like per month so per all of month. those okay. like peaks and val yeah so they kind of give you the average and it's a nice flow. But as you can see, it's a very jagged
0: down line. Yeah. Uh, because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very random. Okay. So. Okay. I got you. It's a kind of a cool graph to look at. I mean, anybody who's interested, definitely give this a Google, as they would say. Uh, it's a pretty cool to look at.
1: Yeah. It's funny because I've taken a lot of science classes in the past. I've never heard about them. So I don't know what level of science class you have to take to, to learn about this shit. But I've even taken an astronomy class, and they didn't talk shit about this stuff. So.
0: Huh. Okay. You th- yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess astronomy. There's probably quite a bit to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it was one. It was astronomy 101. Uh, okay. So they're basically just giving you like the base level shit that um, a history major could figure out. I was a little disappointed. They claimed that there was going to be no math there was quite a bit of math in it so I was pretty pissed
0: but yeah <laughs>
1: i still passed it's okay
0: that's good that is good
1: so the last thing that we're going to talk about today other than solar cycles which are you know 11 year spans there's also a much larger kind of ebb and flows known as miyake events now scientists aren't really sure exactly what causes a miyake event but they do believe that there is moments where high-intensity bombardments of protons come in from either somewhere in the galaxy, perhaps a gamma-ray burst, or potentially from the sun. Uh, This is thought to happen between every 400 to 2,400 years. The recorded events that they found through the carbon-14 dating, like I mentioned, the tree rings and the ice samples, happened in 7,176 B.C., 5259 B.C., 660 B.C., 774 C.E., and 993
0: C.E. So it has not happened since uh, over a 1,000 years ago.
1: Yes, yep, over a 1,000 years ago. But you see how um, there might also be some that they just haven't found yet in between the 660 B.C. and the 5259 B.C.E., kind of. There might be some in there also, but you notice how it's kind of sporadic. It can either happen every few hundred years or every few thousand years.
0: Now, so, um, what exactly happens with the bombardments of protons? Does this created a, like a lot more sunspots?
1: Yeah, this is supposed to be kind of like how I was talking about solar flares. This is supposed to be one of those like epic event. Solar
0: oh, okay. So okay. like a
1: massive, a massive solar flare almost um, with this bombardment.
0: Well, I mean, people are still here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, still exists if they happened in, you know, these years here. So clearly it didn't wipe anybody out, but also they did not have, you know, electricity or anything.
1: Yeah, it would have caused a hell of a light show. Um, the thing too is, it, I mean, who knows what it even comes from. They think it comes from maybe some kind of like weird cycle in the sun that we haven't been able to observe because we just haven't been observing the sun for long enough. Uh, Maybe even comes from like supernovas. I was reading there's, you know, just anything that they can think of, who knows? That's the crazy thing about it. They know it's happening because of the massively increased amount of carbon 14,
0: but they just don't know what it comes from. Huh? So interesting. So theoretically, or maybe they speculate That during one of these events, that this could be... If this happened uh, this year, right? And the solar flare exploded, hit Earth, it could cause this catastrophic event. Yeah, either a massive
1: solar flare, like hitting us point blank, or one of these Miyake events. Like whatever the uh, Miyake event is. That's kind of the thing is, they think it's from the sun, but it could also be from outside of our own solar system.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah. Interesting. So even though everyone's speculating about the solar flare this year, yep. technically we are in a l- lighter sunspot uh, time on the sun. Yeah.
1: So that's a lull in the amount of sunspots, but not necessarily, like I said, it doesn't mean that we're out of the woods for Yeah. Like yeah. even if there's just a little bit of sunspot activity this time around like the perfect storm literally could erupt from the sun and hit us even on a like a lighter sunspot cycle so i imagine it doesn't necessarily have to be one of these high peaks for us to get blasted by the sun
0: i assume this means that with less sunspots it's less likely but not impossible yes yep exactly okay so the percentages are lower this year, guys. I mean, maybe the rich people know something and that is why they're in bunkers. But uh yeah, I don't I mean, honestly, I'm not being a nihilist here or nothing, but if this happens, there ain't nothing you can do. Um the government's like Phil said, they're not paying, not using taxpayers' dollars to protect humanity in the future. Nope. They are fighting wars they are paying themselves they are giving tax relief to people who are already extremely wealthy your safety is not their concern
1: oh definitely yeah Uh, they don't give a fuck about you and those billionaires give even less a fuck about you they don't even consider you a people
0: yeah so (laughs) yeah they probably i mean they should care because without the normal people, they theoretically would not be rich. um, But, (laughs) you know, I don't know. It, it feels like, I don't, it's hard to say because let's say, let's just take Minnesota, for example, right? The state I live in. The, it took until a bridge collapsed and killed people before they're like, you know what, maybe we should have regulations to repeatedly check and or update the infrastructure of every bridge in the state like this is the problem they don't fix preemptively fix things they wait till something catastrophic happens then be like oh maybe we should do that and you just let us directly into how i was gonna like finish
1: off this baby okay. so basically what i was gonna say is we almost need kind of like uh, a mini carrington event to disrupt our infrastructure but not destroy it so that we can actually start putting some money into it because just like you said like the wheels of government are not going to start turning on this stuff unless we have either some kind of event or a catastrophic like near miss something like that even the july 2012 didn't wake them up because nothing happened so
0: very true you think that would have been like a whoa okay this uh is a real possibility guys maybe we should uh You know, obviously they can't fix it overnight, but maybe they could at least protect some of the critical infrastructures that really need protection. I imagine,
1: well, okay, so one of the things I was also going to talk about, get to um, that AI that I mentioned that they're trying to put online so that we can figure out, like predict when a solar storm is going to happen, if it's going to hit Earth. I'm thinking that they're going to use that in order to cut off like the um, the power that day to isolate systems so that they're like less affected. Because it's not really the wires that you have to worry about; it's where the wires like make connections
0: is okay. kind of the problem. Okay, I suppose that makes sense. If they're like, "Hey, there's going to be a possibility of a solar flare. We're going to shut all the power off." Till it passes, turn it back on. Although that might in it in of itself uh, create chaos because all they thousands did, of
1: people could die.
0: Yeah, all they yeah. did was send out a warning message from the government, and people were fucking freaking out about that. So you know, I. But that's America for you. Uh, I. <laughs> you just everyone's skeptical about everything.
1: Yeah, there. Well, just like that. Um that accidental uh alarm that went off in hawaii about the nuclear attack yeah and which i mean granted if that happened here it's same exact thing but like people throwing there were parents throwing their children down in like sewer systems trying to you know protect <laughs> sacrifice them. themselves trying to, to protect their kids and people going fucking you know crazy thinking it was the you know, missiles were coming towards them. Maybe people wouldn't quite understand what was happening if they were told a massive solar flare was coming. All of a sudden, just the lights turn off. Um, They're driving down the road, and then the the, <laughs> the traffic lights stop working. Everyone gets in a car accident. That'd be Ooh, a little... Dirty, yeah. I'd worry about that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm not a very fun person to drive with, as you know. So. I'll tell
0: you what, guys. If they announce they're cutting the power because the possibility of a solar flare just don't be driving stay home <laughs> yeah because you're gonna be asking for a bad time oh yeah stay
1: <laughs> yeah just uh stay in the grocery store hang out <laughs> it might be the last bit of fucking uh, uh cool you get if you're standing by the freezers so
0: you know what um i would say stock up a canned food you never know soups last forever soups are always delicious <laughs> Just have a lot of fucking soups. With the cold weather, I have soup and grilled cheese some nights for supper, and it is absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah. Green beans. I love to uh I stock up on all the uh, canned vegetables and shit. So yeah. That I'm not a as prepper well. though. So not, not yet. When the comet comes, I hope to get smushed. I hope it lands right on top. Of
0: my head, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I hope this kind of this episode. I think this this actually kind of, in a weird way, alleviated the fear of this OFO. Yes, it could be bad. And yes, if it did happen, it would be extremely bad. But at least the probability is very small and we might have some warning ahead of time before it happens. How yeah. do you and feel? When-
1: once again, I have to say that all of that situation happening, that is a perfect storm situation. That is a worst possible event. What's most likely to happen is it's kind of like what happened back in August where, you know, maybe some radio signals up in the North Pole are kind of disrupted a little bit. Uh, that's what usually just happens with these. It's only in like the higher um, what is that, latitude, longitudes, whatever you call it. It's only like way up north that really ever gets affected. Uh this is basically if like one of those Miyaki events happen. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. And it's crazy they have not happened in over a thousand years. So um We might be due. Might yeah. be due. But yeah. I think you guys can be kind of rest assured. Probably not gonna happen this year. Next year, we don't know. This year I think will probably be okay. Um, but uh but still keep an eye on them rich people because they're up to something. Um <laughs> anyway guys if you are a solar flare and you want to contact us to defend yourself where can they do that phil you can hit us up on our email
1: at gmail.com. uh let us know what you think the rich people are up to you know uh we love everything that you guys send us all the all the love mails all, it's, it's all good even easier way to get a hold of us is on instagram subliminal deception podcast on ig once again thanks for all the messages uh they've been great Especially after the holidays, a lot of people have been getting in touch with us. It's it's awesome. Uh, likes and shares, it's all good. Uh, Cody also has an Instagram. What's your code? What's your Instagram, Cody?
0: Yeah, you can follow me at Cody Zabub. Thank you to everyone who follows me, uh, sends me a nice message, show ideas. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. The last thing I ask you guys to do is to log on iTunes, leave a show five star review. Doesn't particularly matter what you type in the box. Type something, hit five stars, hit submit. That's all you got to do. Thank you for doing that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler. Hit five stars, hit submit. You're all done. And we greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do that for us as well. Well, guys, excellent episode. A little uh, scare, not scare episode about a very real, very scary thing that exists in our universe. We'll see you guys next. Thanks, guys.